0: dressed up as dad you know that's that that was cool you know i never really dressed up as my dad and i probably should have maybe i'll do that next year uh but it was neat ryan fitzpatrick on
1: his son's costume his son dressed up like ryan fitzpatrick all decked out you know the hair the chest hair you know deshaun jackson bling the wife had the brown marker to make the chest hair good halloween in the fitzpatrick house we'll see if it'll be a good season the rest of the way for Fitz Magic and the Bucks, welcome to a few extra bucks. This is our podcast on pewterpirates.com. I am merely Mike Neighbors. Our sponsors, we love them. They have just renewed for the rest of the season. We're happy about that. House of Brews and Lutes on the corner of Van Dyke and Northdale Mabry. and of course Sea Dog Brewery. Brewery, uh, two great locations. Treasure Island on the beach and Clearwater, great great brews, great great food. Great, great service. I'm going to bring in our esteemed producer, Justin Thomas, who just downloaded some great sound. Great's the key word today, obviously. And Roy Cummings. Guys, how was the Halloween? First, Roy. And what's your favorite
2: candy? Oh, wow. Favorite candy. Well, I'll tell you what. favorite can- well, My favorite candy right now, uh, and I suppose it maybe it changes over time. Uh, right now, my favorite candy is a whatchamacallit bar. Man, I, I, I dig <laughs> those things, man. <laughs>
1: man i learn something about you every time i love it, exactly. I love it.
2: but i'm a, I'm a heath i'm I'm a heath bar fan and and a, and a so i like heath bars that's that little heath bars were in my um give out bucket here at the house my but and you know what nobody came to the house last night so i got plenty left over really so yeah it's weird i i don't get it you know um was tweeting with some other guys who i know who, who didn't have anybody any kids come to their place it's it's kind of sad. I'm disappointed, but, uh, I guess, uh, Halloween's maybe not what it used to be.
1: Wow. I love Heath bars. Did, did, can you get watch McCollett's in those many versions? Cause those usually just come in the big boy size, right?
2: I'll tell you what you're absolutely, you know what? I think you're right because I've never seen a watch McCollett bar in a fun size, even though yeah. size is fun. Um, but you know, I, I tend to go for the biggest ones, you know, you can get the giant ones, uh, and then you get the regular sized ones. If I ever can find the giant ones, man, it's uh, it's two for one for me. God, Where are you
3: it? going? I haven't even seen those anywhere in a long time.
2: You know, they, you know what they used to be called? They Used to be what? called uh, Willy Wonka bars. Yeah. Even the, like if you, knew, you look at the movie, right? The Willy Wonka bar is just a, a chocolate bar, right? But when Watch Watchamacallit bars first came out, they were called Wonka bars, and because it was made by Willy Wonka chocolate, whoever, you know, whoever that was a spinoff of whatever. I, I don't know who makes it, Nestle's or whatever, but. Um, but it was called the Wooly Wonka Bar, and then they they, they changed it to uh, It Doesn't matter to me. I like it. <laughs> I love, love
1: Whatchamacallit. Justin, what's your favorite?
2: Ooh, I, I switch
3: back and forth. I, I Sometimes I'm in the mood for chocolate, so I'd probably have to go with something like M&M's. Mm-hmm. But lately I've been in the mood for Skittles, so I think Skittles oh. is probably my favorite, yeah. I had a- a- Skittles
2: run back in the day, man, and went, um, went many, I'd say few years man and uh was a big skittles fan
1: i'm a big butterfinger guy i love butterfinger yeah. but you know what's highly underrated is a hundred grand you ever had one of those oh
2: gosh yes oh, oh absolutely those, are, those oh, are i'm with you a hundred percent
1: yeah yeah but
2: one of the most underrated candy bars of all time the hundred thousand dollar bar
1: you know, I, I, my daughter, who's uh, 13, her friends had never heard of 100 grand and I had to introduce them and they're big fans now. So uh, 100 grand, if you're listening on this podcast, you can <laughs> send free stuff our way. And you can send Roy, Watch and you can send Justin Skittles. We're out to promote candy of all shapes and sizes. All right, let's talk uh, buccaneers. I thought it was an interesting day at one Buck. I'm glad we did our video wrap today, which we just put out on pewpyrus.com because not only did Ryan Fitzpatrick talk today, but kind of an impromptu with Jameis Winston in front of his locker. And, you know, we don't want to delve too much into this quarterback controversy stuff because we did that in our last podcast. But beginning, Roy, with Jameis Winston, he actually said, you know, he was surprised by being benched. And I thought something really revealing is the guy who's always positive, Jameis Winston, always confident, was asked, do you expect to be with this team moving forward? And I'm paraphrasing the question. And he said, hopefully. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: Well, I think you're, I think you, we all know that his future is really you know up in the air right now. It's hard to know what's going to happen with him. I, I honestly believe that look, I, I think his future is right now in a way, it's out of his hands. Um, if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays well and continues to play well, he's going to be this quarterback going forward until we reach a point perhaps, where the Bucks are out of the playoff race for good. Um, you know, it could be the last quarter of the season or whatever. But, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick continues to play well or plays well, um, he's going to be the quarterback. And it's going to be hard for James Winston to get back in there. So that could that hurts James Winston's chances of dictating his own future. Beyond that, if it's a bad season and it ends, you know, in a bad way, Jason Light, Dirk Cutter, uh, the whole staff could be gone. That takes Jameis Winston's future out of his hands. Um, the only thing that Jameis Winston could do at this point to really um, assure himself of a spot on this team going forward is uh, work hard, uh, take full advantage of any opportunity that comes his way to play and show everybody that this really, this, you know, this, this stretch of of, of tough games for him and one really bad game uh, is not who Jameis Winston is. So he has reason to be a little uncertain about his future because it is uncertain.
1: Well, Jameis Winston, uh, I, I was impressed by him today, frankly, uh, very composed, didn't get angry at all the you know, really kind of direct questions thrown his way. And, and he did say this, that uh, he feels like he's getting better in every area except turnovers. And, you know, I guess that's like Roy Cummings saying, you know, I feel like I'm a better writer, except I keep getting my facts uh, incorrect. <laughs> But, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but he does feel like he's, he's, he's making some progress here. Here was my question to Jameis Winston at his press conference today. Dirk Hutter says he feels you'll get another opportunity to be a starter for this football team. How do you feel about your future right now?
0: Uh, I'm, again, I'm confident about it. You know, right now my main goal is to be a great teammate uh, and be here to support these guys and still be, be preparing and ready to step in when, when it's time.
1: You know, we both like Pat Kerwin an awful lot, Roy. I think we can agree on that. Yep. And I heard him say something very interesting today, and I think this is probably the best thing Jameis Winston could could have heard today. I don't know if he heard it. I doubt he did. Pat Kerwin said he remembers back in the day that Steve Young would make all kinds of mistakes, and he could not beat out Steve DeBerg as a you know quarterback uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is Steve Young coming off, you know, being a you know, million-dollar A bonus baby in the USFL he could not beat Steve DeBerg out then he was just traded for cash to the San Francisco 49ers he sat back and he watched and he watched Montana and Kerwin thought you know what the best thing for Jameis Winston if he not to go to the Miami Dolphins not the Jacksonville Jaguars maybe go to somewhere like New England and just sit back and watch a guy like Brady for a few years and I thought that was you know that was really a smart
2: thing to say I could not agree more. It's very similar to what I've been saying or what what I was saying during the first uh, month of the season when I said that I really hope that Jameis Winston has spent this time watching uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and how he operates in this offense and how he takes what the defense gives him, um, makes good throws to the open receiver downfield when that opportunity is there, um, just plays kind of calm and collected. Um, it's easy to do when you're getting the kind of protection that Ryan Fitzpatrick had early on, but, um, it's tougher to do when he starts, when he's under pressure a little bit, like he was against Pittsburgh, a little more against Chicago or the same against Chicago. But yeah, I, I think that makes all kinds of sense. Look, my issue with young quarterbacks, and I think Jameis Winston is a victim of this or, or, a, yeah, he's a victim of it is the situation is very similar to what it is for most young quarterbacks. They throw them in there, expect them to immediately play at a high level, and they seldom, if ever, get an opportunity to really sit back and just you know take some time and watch a master at work. And the closest thing that Jameis Winston has to doing that right now is watching Ryan Fitzpatrick on a regular basis. And maybe he's got a little bit more time now to watch tape of, uh, of Tom Brady to watch tape of Aaron Rodgers, to watch tape of Ben Roethlisberger. I would encourage Jameis Winston to do that. Take this opportunity, um, you know, that you're not the starter. It's going to give you a little bit extra time on your own. Make use of that time to better yourself. My guess is Jameis Winston will do it because one thing, uh, first of all, I'm not surprised that he hasn't lost his confidence. Number one, it's not who he is. Number two, I'm not surprised that, he continue, that he'll that he continue to work hard because that's who he is too. So, um, I think it's yeah, you're right. I'm a big Pat Kerwin fan. He's he's kind of like a Watch McCalla bar to you and me, Mike, because uh, you know we, <laughs> we love them both. And uh, you know Pat, uh, he, he's a, he's a really smart guy, and that's a really wise uh, bit of advice for James to take advantage of right now.
1: Pat Kerwin has this show on XM Satellite Radio. Of course, the former coach, scout, front office guy. I really respect his opinion. Every time he's on the radio, man, I, I, I have to stay in my car and listen. I mean, he just – he gives it to you straight, and he's really knowledgeable. And he's a dead ringer for Victor on Young and the Restless, by the way, for you soap opera fans out there. Just, just kind of throwing it out there. No, I seen, that one. haven't seen Young and the Restless in years, but what I love about soap operas, you can take like a 10-year hiatus, and they're, they're still doing the same stuff.
2: You know what? You're absolutely right about that because I was a Days of Our Lives fan back in college, right? Okay, yeah, right. So I remember like junior before, year
1: before uh, you like the Bachelorette, you like Days of Our Lives, but keep going. Right.
2: Yes, yes. So, I'm, so I'm a Days of Our Lives guy, right? And then there was a stretch in college where I missed like six months. I don't know what I was doing, but I missed six months straight of Days of Our Lives. I was, I, and I finally came back, to I'm thinking, man, I won't even. <laughs> they'll have new characters. I won't know. <laughs> nothing had changed. and it was it was comforting and disappointing all at the same time but um i was a days of our lives guy and i know exactly what you're saying
1: yeah it's amazing how these people uh you know i know this guy that (laughs) my ex-father-in-law i'll just throw it out there watches young and the restless and bold and beautiful every day and you know what i could probably pick it up this week and probably catch him and i haven't seen either one in about 20 years so (laughs) there you go all right let's talk ryan fitzpatrick and you know I just love hearing this guy. I mean, he's such a, a sage veteran. And you, you love the calmness, even at the press conferences. You know, we had to open with the Halloween story because he doesn't take himself too seriously. He, you know, he tells you really like it is. And, um, you know, I had to ask him this at the press conference today. You know, you know, I heard him say over and over that, you know, he's seen it all in the NFL. But I think what makes it different this time around, coming back off the bench, is he's, he started the year – You know, with two consecutive games, the best games he's ever had, and he's playing with the supporting cast, maybe the best supporting cast he's ever been with. So I had to ask him, is it exciting getting a second chance to maybe put up those numbers and play with those guys? And here's what he had to say. You've never put numbers up like you have early in the season and maybe never worked with weapons like you have on this team. Is it exciting to get a second chance to possibly put those numbers up and to work with the weapons that you have?
0: Yeah, I mean, being in the offense with and in that huddle with the skill guys that we have is exciting, uh, but you know, like like we've kind of said the the last few weeks, the numbers are nice, but the wins are what we care about. You know, so we we've got to go out there and find a way to, uh, you know, first and foremost for me, I've got to got to limit turnovers and uh, you know get our team in the end zone and and we got to find a way to have more points than them at the end of the game. And those are all you know simple things sitting here and talking about them, but things that we've got to continue to focus on executing.
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, if he plays well, I think the biggest beneficiary is going to be Deshaun Jackson because Fitzpatrick's uh, gotten better and better at the deep ball. And he admitted today that wasn't always the case. Here is Ryan Fitzpatrick on perfecting the art of throwing the deep ball.
0: The deep ball is something for a while in my career that I struggled with. And uh, just in terms of accuracy and other things. And so thrown to so many different guys and getting it figured out you know just for me personally I think it's different for every quarterback but for me personally just getting certain things figured out uh, those and the amount of people I've thrown to I think that's really helped me and I've gotten better and better as my career's gone on uh, you know and I didn't have a strong arm to start with so it's not like it's getting any stronger I think I've just become much more accurate um, on those uh you know 30 plus yard throws. That was a
1: big question about Ryan Fitzpatrick entering this season, and I think he's answered a lot of those questions, Roy.
2: Yeah, he has. And you know what's interesting there, uh, Mike, is here we are with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, he's had some some really good times in the league, some really bad times in the league. Uh, it's those bad times that, uh, you know, wound up allowing him to come to Tampa Bay, and um, it's worked out pretty well for him. But it just goes to show you, you know, what he just talked about there about how. You know, early on in his career, he had a, he really struggled with the with the deep ball, and we've seen that from you know we've seen that from you know plenty of quarterbacks. It just kind of leads me back a little bit to something I was alluding to a little bit earlier about how, you know, we're talking about what Pat Kerwin said: the opportunity to sit back and watch somebody is you know what the, one of the problems with the NFL is particularly quarterbacks, and again, it, it just sometimes it boggles my mind because truly, if 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 real companies. And, and not that NFL teams aren't real companies, but if, you know, if Apple or, or you know, uh, Celgene or Bristol Myers or Procter & Gamble were run the way most NFL teams are run, the CEOs would be fired. Because yeah. there's no allowance for growth and development within the system. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, needed time to develop the ability to throw the deep ball nobody wanted to give him that it, it's what have you done for me lately? And if it's not good enough, I'll move on and go to the next guy, even though I doubt that he'll be any better, but I just need a different name. And, you know, so it's just interesting how the bucks are now leaning on a guy who basically got kicked out of a couple of cities and, you know, tried to set, you know, tried to pick up an extra couple of million dollars on his career, sitting behind a young quarterback on the rise. And here he is in a position, you know, to, to kind of save this season. And the reason he's saving is because he's finally had an opportunity over those 14, 15 years to put it all together. And now he probably has a better understanding of everything that he's learned over that time. And now he can put it all together and maybe you know compete at a higher level. The other thing, the other point I want to make is, uh, and this is kind of the, the, the thing to be fearful of a little bit with Ryan Fitzpatrick. When the season started, nobody expected anything out of the Buccaneers or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think the overwhelming belief was that this team was going to go at best one and two, more than likely 0-3 in the three games that Ryan Fitzpatrick started. Nobody believed him. No doubt. He goes out and he has three of the, the three greatest games in a row to start a season, any NFL quarterback's at. His jersey's in the Hall of Fame. Now the pressure is on Ryan Fitzpatrick to A, repeat that start, B, save a season, C, save an organization, a regime, the cutter regime, the light regime, whatever you want to call it. That's an awful lot of pressure that he was not under when the season started, that he wasn't under a year ago when he stepped in for an injured Jameis Winston. That was just, hey, go out and play and do the best you can. Now he's the guy. How does that change him? Um, you hope that as we just learned and listen through listening, He's the sage. He's a smart guy. He's a much more calm, collected uh, quarterback, really takes things as they come now. You hope he can maintain that level of mental uh, strength through this run here where he is the guy because they're going to need not only that mental strength but that physical acumen that he showed in those first three games in order to get out of this rut that they're in.
1: Well, I thought that was interesting stuff, and I couldn't agree more with what you just said because there is going to be a lot of pressure on him in a different way in his career. But if anybody can handle that kind of pressure, I think it's Fitzpatrick, because he's been around. I think to some degree he would never admit this. He's kind of playing with house money at this point. I don't think he ever thought he'd be in the league this long. I don't think he'd ever thought he'd get this kind of opportunity because when he came aboard, Jameis Winston was the future of this franchise, and you know everything was built around him. But speaking of the deep ball, here's what Dirk Cutter had to say about Fitz and what he does well in that regard,
4: too. I think Ryan has just done a really good job of Putting the ball on the money, and you know, when on the deep ball, sometimes that's over the inside shoulder, sometimes it's over the outside shoulder, sometimes it's a back shoulder, like the one right in front of our bench last week to Mike. So, you know, each, you know, depending on what kind of a deep ball is it, just a, a go route, and they covered it back shoulder, go route, he beats him, outside on the, you know, on the over the outside shoulder, uh, the deep post over the inside shoulder. I mean, he's he's just consistently put the ball where it needs to be put.
1: You know what's amazing, Roy? All this quarterback stuff with the bucks they still have the number one offense in the NFL, in the NFL, and they're the number one passing offense in the NFL. And this is almost the halfway
2: point of the season. That's really incredible to me. It is incredible, and I think it's been forgotten a lot um, by people that have uh, you know, really kind of turned sour on this football team, and including turning sour on Jameis Winston. Now, having said that, the, disapp- the real disappointing thing is that Jameis Winston hasn't found a way to take advantage. This is all a result, by the way, of the fact that they've got more weapons than any other team. Yep. There's no question. Um, and because they've done it without a running game. And what what's disappointing is that Jameis Winston hasn't found a way to just settle down, get the ball in the hands of those weapons. I think you could get through to Jameis Winston perhaps by just showing him the numbers and saying, hey – Look at these numbers, man. We are the number one offense in the NFL. You know why? It's because of all these guys that you have to throw the ball to. We're not running the ball well. We're not protecting a quarterback very well. You know, you and Ryan Fitzpatrick have been under siege for, you know, the better part of the past month here. And the reason we're getting this done is because you guys are getting, the, for the most part, getting the ball in the hands of the right guys. And those, any, any one of these guys is the right guy. You know, it's kind of funny. I was hearing some people today talking about Jameis Winston's future and saying, well, maybe he'll go to this place. Maybe we we'll go to that place. They have a good supporting cast. I can promise you right now, James yeah. Winston may never have a better supporting cast right. than he has right now. Ryan yep. Fitzpatrick knows that. Yep. James Winston may not. And it, and it makes me laugh when people who are trying to find an exit for James Winston are suggesting, well, maybe he needs to go to, you know, uh, Minnesota or, or Dallas or, or, or buffalo because well they've got a good supporting cast there it doesn't get any better than it is now james Winston needs to figure out a way to take advantage of that without turning the ball up.
1: well yeah and ryan fitzpatrick's having a lot of fun and he's been around he's been around a long time since 2005 in the nfl and he talked about the fun he's having with this with his football team today
0: it's been awesome uh you know kind of the the wins and losses are what matter and and you know, not winning some of those games it makes it tough. But at the same time, the guys that I'm coming to work with every day, you know, some of the successes we've had on the field, um, just being out there and playing freely, uh, you know, I've I've had some great stops and a lot of fun in, in different places. But uh, this has been this has been a lot of fun, and, and part of it too. My boys are old enough to kind of enjoy it and to to really be a part of it, and so. Uh, Yeah, that makes it extra special for me.
1: I know Drew Brees in New Orleans loves having his kids around, loves the fact that his kids will remember seasons like this one. And that says a lot about a guy who's been in the league a long time, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the fun element, uh, you know, even though the team is three and four, this is the next point I want to get to, Roy. You know, it's amazing to me all the dark clouds around this team. Boy, if they go into Carolina and win this weekend – and the first place Saints are playing the Rams, a game they easily could lose. If the Saints lose, and the Bucks beat the Panthers, it's a whole new season.
2: It really is, and you know, I, I think I alluded to it earlier, uh, maybe in a radio broadcast or something. But um, uh, everybody's walking around Tampa Bay as if the, the Bucks are one and six. Right. Oh, they're three and four. There's nothing wrong with three and four at this point. I mean, it's a tough division. You're behind. But one victory changes everything. and if they can as you point out, if they can win this week, they're, they're two and one in the division. Uh, they're, they're, they're back at four and four, which is you know uh, puts them in a position to, to catch the leaders. It's certainly got them in the race for a wild card spot. Um, they're starting to get a little bit healthier on the defensive side of the ball. Um, there's a lot of good things, you know, to be excited about with this team. Um, it's just kind of like everybody feels as if this team's dead because the quarterback had, again, one really horrific game, uh, you know, behind a couple of so-so games. Uh, you know, let's not forget it was just last week. Well, not last week, but two weeks, two weeks ago, James Winston led the Buccaneers to a victory. Okay. At home. I, I understand it was the Cleveland Browns, but again, as I pointed out in the last podcast, James Winston put that team in position to win in regulation, and he put them back in position to win in overtime, and they won. And that's a good thing. Um, he went out and had a horrific game uh, in Cincinnati, but you know, he's still a guy who can put this team in position to win on a regular basis. Um, right now, quarterback really and, and the offense are the least of this team's problems. Uh, the bigger problems are special teams and defense, And until that gets fixed, yeah, there is reason to be concerned. But right now, uh, if they can somehow change all that, a lot of good things can happen for this team.
1: Well, let's talk about the opponent this week, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, You know, you and I have both covered the NFC South for a long time. I think Cam Newton is one of the scariest guys to play against or to prepare for if you're opposing defense because the guy can pass the ball. He's gotten better with his accuracy. It's always been kind of up and down. But he could just, you know, tuck it and run too. I just think he's one of those guys. He's so unpredictable and he's so talented. He's kind of that wild card every year. But North Turner's come in and say what you want about North Turner, the head coach. But North Turner, the offensive coordinator, has a great legacy in this league, a great track record. And here's what Dirk Cutter said: Has what is what's changed about Carolina
4: with North Turner uh, calling the plays now? The thing that jumps out the most to most of me. Is the speed they've added at other places? You know, like uh, uh, Moore and Thirteen, uh, Samuel's back. I mean, just when you watch them, they're they're throwing short passes. But what those guys are doing after they catch it, you know, when they're when they're getting people in zone coverage, and uh, they're, they're they're sitting down in a pocket, he's putting the ball on them and they're getting vertical. And you know, what might have been a two or three yard run after the catch now is a ten or fifteen yard run at times.
1: You know, I don't know how you feel about Cam Newton, but to me, you know, his personality kind of kind of rubs a lot of people, including myself, the wrong way. He can, you know, he he could be, you know, kind of a polarizing guy. But there's no question about his talent. I think Norv Turner, you know, I think a lot of people didn't know how that would work, but it's worked pretty well so far.
2: Yeah, Norv Turner is pretty uh pretty smart football man, and uh, I, I think he's one of those guys who's not a head coach. He's a he's a coordinator. Um, yeah. may fall into the same category, but when he is a coordinator, he's usually going to do pretty good things. Been around a long time, uh, knows how to produce an offense, knows how to work with quarterbacks. And right now he's doing some, uh, he's doing some magic of his own really with, uh, with Cam Newton. Again, he's got a lot to work with there, but right now if you look at some of the numbers, uh, Cam Newton's actually right now having a little bit better season than he, uh, did during his MVP season yeah. through these first, uh, this almost his first half of the season. So, Uh, He's a real threat. And as Dirk just pointed out, um, yes, what he's been able to do is he has also figured out that you don't have to throw it over everybody's head all the time. You can really make a living in this league and a darn good one and win a lot of football games by just hitting the guy that's eight yards down, 12 yards down. Um, Those, those count too. They count as completions and enough of them strung together uh, adds up to to a lot of yards and and usually scores. So he's figured that out and figured out that you know sometimes you got to throw it a little bit softer on the shorter ones, a little bit harder on the longer ones. Not the same speed on everything. Um, again, uh, this is a guy who a lot of people wanted to quit on a few years back. A lot of people wanted to quit on him. Uh, smartly, wisely, the uh, the Panthers held on. Said no, no, no. He's our guy. We'll 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 go with the growing pains and gee, look, uh, he's he's really still one of the better young quarterbacks in the game. Same thing could happen here in Tampa with James Winston if they give him a chance.
1: Well, the thing I've always been impressed by Cam Newton is he's never had that great supporting cast. Now, you know, he's had, you know, the running backs, uh, <laughs> those guys, D'Angelo Williams, those guys seem like they were in Carolina for 40 years. He always has had steady running backs, but never great front-line wide receivers and never a guy like Christian McCaffrey who's leading this team in both rushing and and receiving, you know, over 700 yards all-purpose so far. A lot of different wrinkles with Norv Turner. And here's the here's the biggest wrinkle that stood out for Dirk Cutter.
4: The thing that makes them different from almost any other team in the league is it's not just their run game, their pass game, but their quarterback run game. And they're running a lot of things where he's a threat to run it. I just watched their red zone tape this morning. And, uh, you know, RPOs hitting the glance route, They've scored three or four touchdowns on that, so your your defense is seeing run with a pulling guard and a back coming across, and then they got the they got Funches running a glance in the back of the end zone. That's tough. That's tough on a defense.
1: Well, you want to impress your friends at home, say,
2: "Hey, nice glance route over there." I really was impressed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. There you, you go. Know? <laughs> that's a that's a nice little breakdown. Sometimes I wonder if Dirk does that just to kind of you know let the other team know, "Hey, we know what you're up to, so you'll have to take that one out of the playbook." Right, um, that, uh, but that, yeah, that's that's good stuff. So, but you know what? He's right. Um, it's one, I think one of the things North Turner and, and it happened. It started to happen a couple of years ago again when he won the MVP. Um, what they've done in Carolina is they've played to Cam Newton's strengths, uh, the run pass option. That's what he does. That's where he's comfortable. Give him that opportunity to run that um, at least thirty percent of the time, um, and and see how he does with it. Put him in a comfort zone, and and I think that's going to help him a lot. And I think that's a big reason why you're starting to see him play better, consist more consistently. And I think the same thing could happen uh, with almost any quarterback if you if you have a coordinator who's willing to basically find out what it is that that player likes, likes most, does best, and then incorporates that into at least you know a, a third of the offensive scheme because. Uh, You know, there's no reason to take a square peg and try to make it a round hole or, you know, try to make it round. Uh, If the square peg fits in the square hole, just, you know, just make the square hole bigger. How about that?
1: I love that. You know, I'm going to use glance rod next time I'm at a party at the Super Bowl party. Boy, that was a sweet glance rod over there, man. You guys <laughs> like that? I feel like I'm John Gruden calling uh, Monday yeah. Night Football or something. Anyway, before we get to three and out, I want to talk to the most accommodating member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in terms of the media, Cameron Braith. And he always gives good perspective on the pulse of this team. I, I, want, I asked him a couple of questions. Here was his answer on with the quarterback shuffle for the Bucs. How has that affected um, all of the wide receivers and tight ends in this team? We asked the quarterbacks, you know, how it affects them, and they always talk about all the weapons. How has it affected you guys having the different quarterbacks to share? Uh,
2: To be honest, I feel like it doesn't really affect the receivers as much as it does the quarterbacks and the O-line. I feel like a big thing is the communication that goes along with getting the protections right, kind of getting the right checks in the run game.
1: I still feel like, Roy, it may not have a big effect, but it just seems like this team – Based on what Fitzpatrick has done, finding all of those guys with ease, you know they're more at ease with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that has to weigh on Jameis a little bit because he has to know that.
2: Yeah, I think it does. And again, I think this it, its not really another uh, extension of what we talked about earlier with Ryan Fitzpatrick. How he's—he's very—he's he, just more calm. I mean, he's been at this before. He's—you know—when he's—he's not seeing anything for the first time. He's seen everything for the—you know—twelfth, fourteenth time. Um, he's very comfortable. He's excited about having all these weapons around him. I think he goes into the line, into the huddle every night or every down thinking, how can I go wrong? I mean, as long as I do my job and don't, you know, force anything here, I'm going to be fine. I mean, if, if my first option isn't open, I'll hit the second. If that one's not open, I'll hit the third. And if that's not open, you know, go to the check down. And if I'm hurried into it, just go to the check down. You know, uh, it's all going to work because I got so many weapons. All I need to do is get the ball in the hands. That's a simple way of looking at it. Just get the ball in the hands of these weapons. Let them do their job after that. That's what Jameis has got to figure out. Just get the ball in the hands of the weapons. Don't force it. Live for the next down if that play isn't there. Because on the next play, you're liable to get twice as much.
1: Exactly. And I think sometimes Jameis feels like with how bad the Bucks defense has been, that he has to score all these points. Just work within your means. That's what Patrick Mahomes has said. He's a first year as a starter in Kansas City. I know my limits. I, I can't go beyond that. And I, that's what one of the main reasons he's already successful. Well, before we get to three and out, uh, we mentioned that the stakes for the Bucks. should not be panic time. They're three and four. And, boy, if they get a win this weekend, it'll be huge. Here's what Cam Braid had to say about the status of this team and where they are right now. Guys, you win this weekend. I mean, you're right back in the hunt for the NFC South. It's a big game.
2: Right, no no, doubt. It's always, when you're right around 500, those games mean a little bit more. You know, there's a huge difference between being 4-4 four and four and 3-5. and five. And I think everyone in this locker room understands just how big this game is, especially being a division game on the road. Uh something that Coach Cutter stresses all the time. Those games are worth double because uh, those ones are hard to win. And so um, this will be our third division road game without playing division home game. So to go two and one of
3: those games would be a big thing for our team.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a quirk for the Bucs. Their first three divisional games are on the road. So they get this. They'll have a lot of home games in their back pocket down the stretch. Speaking of uh, down the stretch, it's time, Justin. Three and out, and we love the music. Three questions, and we are out of here. I'm going to begin, of course, with those Buccaneer quarterbacks. And it amazes me in the long history of the Bucks, They've been around since 1976. They've never had a quarterback sign to a second deal. So my first question to you, Roy Cummings, if you could have the career of Trent Dilfer or Vinny Testaverdi, whose career would you take?
2: I'm taking Trent Dilfer because uh, not only did he win a Super Bowl, but uh, post-career, uh, playing career, he's become one of the more respected analysts Uh, In the game, he's got his own little quarterback uh, school-type thing going on. Um, He's carved out a nice uh, niche for himself, uh, doing a job that a lot of people in Tampa didn't think he was very good at.
1: I could have thrown Doug Williams in there. I'd I'd rather have Doug Williams' career probably above any ex-quarterback. Maybe Brad Johnson need one in there, too. Maybe I should have said Doug Williams, Brad Johnson. What if I said Doug Williams or Brad Johnson?
2: I'll take – well, I think I'll take Doug Williams. Yeah. Because he again, he's uh, he's taken it now. Now Brad Johnson's a very happy guy. I mean, he's retired. He he, he loves his life. He's got his he's Super Bowl. a ton of money. <laughs> um, but but Doug Williams, you know, he's he's moved into the uh, front office realm. He's been a head coach at uh, the college level. He's done some really good things. And uh, uh, again, uh, considered one of the one of the top players in the game ever. So uh, I'll take that career. That was
1: kind of a twofer. I think Doug Williams at one point coached the running backs, at the Naval Academy too. I mean, that guy is, has done it all in, in the world of football. All right, let's, uh, let's bring Justin in for this one too. Um, big, big game in the NFC South. Big, big game in the NFL this weekend in New Orleans. You have the undefeated LA Rams coming into the Superdome to play the New Orleans Saints. You have Sean McVay against Sean Payton. Okay, when all is said and done, which Sean – will finish with the most victories as a coach?
2: As a coach? Yes. I'll take Sean Payton. Really? Yeah. Uh, He's got a big lead. (laughs) Yeah, he Uh, does. And this is a fickle NFL. Uh, Yes, Sean McVay is the flavor of the month right now, but uh, I've seen those fortunes change in a hurry. Uh, We'll see how it goes uh, consistently for him. But Sean McVay, I think, has proven that um, he knows how to – how to put the, put a team together. And he's won a lot of football games with uh, not much else other than a Hall of Fame quarterback and uh, a couple of weapons here and there. So uh, I'll take Sean McVay – or Sean, Mc, Sean uh, Payton, rather.
1: I think I know what Justin's going to say, but go ahead, Justin.
2: I'm
3: also going to go with Sean Payton, as you probably guessed, Mike. Uh, I just think, yeah, the, what he's done with so little is amazing. And uh, like Roy said, he's already got a huge lead. Uh, I think if Sean Payton decided to leave New Orleans, there would be a ton of organizations that would love to take him. So, I'm not saying that Sean McVay won't have a great career, but I think Sean Payton has already proven that he's one of the best coaches in the league now. So,
1: I agree. I think Roy will like this. I think Sean Payton is the uh, Joe Madden of the NFL. Because like Joe Madden won a title in Chicago with the Lowly Cubbies,
3: yeah. You know
1: Sean Payton won it with the New Orleans Saints, and when you win a Super Bowl in New Orleans, it's kind of like winning a World Series in Chicago. You get a uh, a lot of leg, a lot of breathing room there for a while. You can you can have some losing seasons. You can have some seven to nine years, but I think Sean Payton is you know like you said, Justin, he's such a unique guy. And he's really stepped it up this year in terms of his play calling with Taysom Hill and getting creative. And when he has a running game, a true breezy special. But I think winning that Super Bowl in New Orleans created all kinds of freedom for Sean Payton moving forward. Okay, I'm going to bring back Cam Braid for our final question in our three and out. And I think you guys will all enjoy this, hopefully. They were playing Connect Four in the locker room today. I love Connect Four. I uh, have two daughters. We love playing Connect Four. Actually, we'll go to those game rooms like Dave and Buster's, and they'll have the huge Connect Fours. I asked Cam Brady. He said he'd never played Connect Four in his life. I guess as Harvard guys, they read when they're three or something. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was. But my question to you guys is there are a lot of great board games out there. What's your favorite board game?
2: Well, I got. tell you, this Connect Four thing, um, like Cameron Braid, I'm a Chicagoland raised kid. I never played it either. So, um, really, yeah, never, never. It must be a Chicagoland thing. Maybe they didn't have that game around Chicago when. uh, oh my we're, god, we're talking two generations of Chicago. You know, connect four? Yeah, nope. I never played it. Um, oh, uh, we'll have to do it. You know, sometime soon, <laughs> you and I.
1: Um, it's really easy. I'll tell you that. You connect four, baby. That's pretty. You know, but it's fun though. It's a lot of strategy there.
2: Yeah. Well, you're right about that. Um, all right. My favorite board game, I think, is probably the Game of Life. It's a spin off, obviously, on um, on uh, Monopoly, which, which is also, I mean, it's a classic. But the Game of Life is just, you know, all these uh, things that happen to you in life. It's kind of, it, it, to me, it's always it was fun. You had the little car, you, know, you stick somebody in there, you get married, you know, then you get a pink uh, little stick to put in there. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, so I was a Game of Life fan, but... I'll 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 also say my my B selection on this would be the old game um mousetrap uh wow. I I loved having to put all the pieces together and then you know when you get done you get to trigger the mouse trap and the whole thing you know and there was a <laughs> clock one that was similar to that I forget what the what it was I had that game too so I, I like those are my favorites
1: very nice I like that we have runner up board games and candy bars in this podcast uh Justin what you got
3: well, uh, Board Games is going through a renaissance right now. There's a ton of games out there, probably y'all two haven't heard. So I'm going to go with one that's more accessible to the masses, I guess you would say. I'm a huge trivia fan, so I always love Trivial Pursuit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's it, a heck
2: of a call there.
3: It is. It Now, I don't know for y'all in my family, the game would go for hours because most of the questions we couldn't answer, but... It was always fun getting into fights, uh, but yeah, that's a classic that I always loved growing up.
2: And that was all the rage back in what the late seventies, early eighties, whenever it first came out. Yeah, yeah. And then they had all the spin-offs, you know the the movie trivia, right, right, right. Sports trivia, rock and roll trivia. Yeah, that's that's a good one, man.
1: That makes me want to play that right now. I love it that does. game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Roy. I'm gonna go buy a Connect Four and meet Roy for lunch sometime next <laughs> week. Or we'll play Connect i um, I'm gonna go off the board here, no pun intended. Um, I don't even know if you guys are real familiar with these games. I'll be surprised if you've heard of one because my sister gave me one of these and my kids and I love it. It's called Racco. You ever played that card game Racco? R A C K O?
3: No, no.
1: It's kind of a Midwest look to it, so I thought maybe Chicago Roy would would like this. But <laughs> if our if our, view, if our listeners like Racco, you gotta let us know R A C K O, where you are uh, distributed cards and you have to arrange them in order, you know, uh, sequentially one to ten. You get ten random cards and you 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 know and you know what I like about it, Uno and a lot of these games, Monopoly they take forever. They take too long. And Racco man, you could spin out like a two or three in like 15 minutes it's beautiful um, my, my honorable mention i don't know if you guys remember this game i used to love it stratego oh yeah yeah i don't That's remember
3: that about stuff
2: one. there what's that i don't remember high high about it. stuff there man
1: yeah yeah that stratego is pretty uh, pretty good too so uh, risk.
2: risk that kind of thing love yeah.
1: yeah you they guys ever fun. play war with cards you just play a war
2: yeah sure absolutely
1: yeah, I used to kind of like that too. That that could take a while though. That takes yeah, a little while.
2: It can. That could be that could be a while.
1: All right. Well, uh, well, great job out of you guys. We covered candy bars, soap operas, game shows, and uh Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Justin Thomas. Thank you to our Buccaneer Insider Roy Cummings. I am merely Mike Neighbors. We appreciate our title sponsors, House of Brews and Sea Dog Brewing Company. Go check them out, folks. These places are really unique. Uh, great brews, great food. Great service. And please subscribe to PewterPirits.com. It is absolutely free. We have a great video update just up, and you'll like the effects that uh, Justin put up on uh, the quarterback carousel. It's uh, good stuff at the beginning of the preview for the Bucks and the Carolina Panthers. I, you know what, guys, before we go, prediction time. Real quick, what do you got, Roy?
2: Um, Yeah, I, I like that Ryan Fitzpatrick's coming back, but I just think right now the Panthers are just a little bit too hot at home, um, defense to me still a bit of an issue for the Bucs. bit, it's a big issue for the Bucks. It uh, doesn't get much uh, mentioned, but uh, yeah, I'm going to say Bucks. Uh, Bucks uh, lose 23 Wow, wow. What do you what do you got, Justin?
3: Uh, I'm not sold on the Carolina Panthers. Surprisingly, I think they're a good team, but I think. They're beatable, and I'm actually going to go with the upset. I think the Bucks are going to win. Wow. Uh, I'm going to go 30-24. to 30-24. I
1: don't think you and Roy have agreed at all this season on anything. in terms of predictions. You agree on Elton John and Billy Joel, right. but not in predictions well, at all. That's what
2: matters most.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know what? I love Fitz Magic out of the gates, whether it's uh, the first game of the season or right off the bench. I would prefer this game being it. If this game was in Ray J, I'd definitely pick the Bucks. I just, there's something about Fitzpatrick and the fact that this defense is healthy too. You know, Vita Vea was going to be in there. You're going to have that rotation potentially with Vinnie Curry and Gerald McCoy and Bo Allen and all the D linemen that they prepared this team to have uh, in the offseason. I think they're going to be t- together for this game. So I'm going to say the Bucks too. I'm going to say the Bucks 27 to 24 and you know what how about my man chandler with the game-winning field goal i'm gonna call oh, that right wow. now
3: wow
2: man yeah, yeah. right
1: he may miss an extra point baby but they'll go for two and wow. then he'll kick the extra yeah the hopefully, field goal hopefully he
2: doesn't play. put him behind uh you know after they, they try to tie the game or something
1: right <laughs> all right well that uh i almost forgot the predictions but that is a few extra bucks we appreciate you listening we have two of these a week until next time Please subscribe to PewterPirits.com. We'll see you.